Hey gang, welcome to the Four Pillars Fitness Podcast. This is Coach Phil Houston. Um, a couple of really quick announcements before we get started. Laura Hanzu is my guest today, and I'm, I'm really excited to have her. And I'm going to introduce her briefly and let her talk about herself a little bit in a second. A um, couple things. Number one, if you really like what you hear and you happen to be on iTunes, drop me a five-star review. Let people know that it's worth listening to. Um, and if you have uh, questions or concerns about the show or you want, if you have questions for me or Laura, definitely send them to me through, uh, through the Anchor, uh, Anchor app or at coachphilhouston at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to get them answered for you. Um, second, EFPS is coming up quick. The Elite Fitness Performance Summit is September 14th to 15th in Indianapolis. I'm going to be there speaking. Um, I'd love to have you come heckle me. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, but there's a lot of great speakers. It's going to be an awesome weekend. And third thing is Activate is coming up in October, at the end of October. If you've never been to the Activate Summit, um, as I like to say, if, if you don't know, you need to know. And if you don't know why you need to know, you want to know. So um, you want to be there. It's unlike any other fitness summit you've ever been to. It's a lot of fun. Um, and it's just a great weekend with a lot of really awesome people. So that all being said, um, I'm on with Laura Hanzu, who is the head coach at, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and hope I get it right, Ubuntu, right. Ubuntu yeah. Athletics. Yes. Um, and, and, now, and I'll let her describe herself in a minute. But the reason I've asked Laura to come on is because Laura is a strength and conditioning coach who works with, with boys, guys, high school boys, um, which when we first connected on Facebook, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, and I want, I want to help her as much as I can. But I think other people need to know that this is a possibility for female strength and conditioning coaches. So first things first, Laura, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, what you do, um, and just give us a lowdown. Cool, yeah. So um, I'm Laura Hanzu, and my gym is Ubuntu Athletics. It's in Hinkley, Ohio which is a kind of small suburb of Brunswick, Strongsville, Medina, which those people know the big names. Most people don't know Hinkley. Uh, we're a garage gym in a warehouse. Uh, it's about 2,000 square feet. And I am just through my third year of business entering into my fourth year. So um, yeah, I never thought that I would be coaching boys or doing what I do. Uh, so this is pretty awesome. Every day is a gift for me. Like every day I can open my doors and put gas in my car is a win. Um, and just get to work with my work with these kids is awesome. I just got home from a session with 10 kids, nine guys, one girl. I started working with girls this year, which is a totally different beast. Um, sure. but yeah, so strength conditioning, um, it's not what I went to school for initially. I went to be an English teacher and then I did my first shadowing in a classroom and I was like, I cannot work with kids. This is nuts. They're crazy. I can't do this. And so I thought I wanted to do sports management. Um, big roundabout way. I ended up doing um, sports medicine, athletic training, exercise science, and then God had a different plan because I still work with kids. I'm just not a traditional teacher, right? So um, it was a pretty cool, a pretty cool experience. Um, and getting here has been a long road, but like I said, every day's a gift, and I'm super stoked. I love what I do. It's great. Well, I think I think Laura, it's it's fascinating to me because you have you have a very curious mind about things, and I know that you and I. You hit and you hit on it yesterday in your message to me that we have very similar methodologies. We're we're pretty close in how we do things, and I, and I think that's fine. Um, but you you have a very curious mind. I, I kind of we were out in, in Livonia together, and, and folks just just uh, in full disclosure, um, if if that's what you want to call it, Laura and I spent some time together at the IYCA Summit in Livonia, Michigan, uh, which is a lovely little suburb of Detroit. Um, but what I noticed about you out there is you asked a lot of very uh, probing questions about people's topics when when they were done talking. So. To me, that's a sign of a, of a curious mind, right? And a curious mind never stops developing, and right. you never stop coming up with new ways to do what you're already doing, which is really, really cool. So for me, that's kind of the, the mental pillar of fitness, and I think that we, 
we leave that one out an awful lot. We think, because we always say, hey, we go to school, I got my certification, blah, 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 right? But there's this developmental thing that goes on all through life. Tell me about your, just tell me a little bit about your intellectual approach to what you do. I'm curious how, how you like to learn, what works for you. Yeah, so um, I have a bachelor's degree and that piece of paper is great. Um, I probably don't use over half of what I learned. And after that, I actually went overseas and I lived on a cruise ship and worked on a cruise ship for a year and they do certifications totally differently. Their training is different. So I was exposed to something different than I was used to. Um, it was kind of cool to learn that aspect of coaching, training, fitness instruction. Um, I love to read. I'm a total nerd. Like I'm sitting in front of a shelf that probably has 40 books on it. Um, and so I try to study like the mental aspect of stuff, uh, mental toughness, but the fitness, the fitness aspect, I do a lot of reading online. I look at people that I like, I follow like catalyst athletics. Um, some people that like tons of lifting coaches that I can learn from because I, I will tell you this, my first year in business, I knew it all. And now my fourth year in business, I know nothing like I need a lot of help <laughs> to, to consistently keep learning and growing because the baseline of things never changes. Strength and conditioning, anybody can get you strong and fast. Um, it's the other things, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect that, that is the game changer. And those things you need study, constant study. Squats don't change, deadlifts don't change, press doesn't change, sprints don't change. Um, getting in here, getting in the heart, the head of an athlete, that's the like sweet spot. And that's what I try to study. People that believe that and focus on those things. Um, I read a lot. I'm a nerd. I get up at 4 a.m. I read for like 30 to 40 minutes before I leave for work. Uh, I read at lunch. Uh, most of it, again, is self-help, but I always tell the kids, if I coach once, I learn twice. Like they learn, I learn. Um, and so I learn more about myself and, you know, as my athletic career kind of continues with this coaching as well. So, and I try to get certifications and I try to get to summits. Um, but, you know, we talked earlier, my schedule is a little crazy. I'm the owner, the head coach, the programmer, the janitor, the accountant, like I do everything for my facility. So getting away for more than about two days at a time becomes a struggle. So I don't get out as much as I used to, but therefore I have to do a lot of reading and hold myself accountable to listening to podcasts and like focusing on furthering my knowledge. Um, Cause the kids will hit a, hit a wall where they don't get any better. So if you're not getting better, they're not getting better either. And, and there is, there's a lot to what you, what you said, young, young coaches listening right now, if you, if you do nothing else, rewind this to the, that's the beginning of that segment, because Laura just hit on what I consider to be kind of the golden nuggets of being a young coach, starting your own facility, running your own programs, doing, doing things your way. You start to realize really quickly, and, and, and Laura, you can probably, you probably know some young coaches who are in their first year as well, or have known them. When you're in your first year, like you said, you know everything, man. Like, you know everything. My first year as personal trainer, man, every, my way was the only way. Like, how, how I got in shape and how I got fit, that was, that was the way to do it, man. That's all there is to it. And then that second, third year, you start realizing, that doesn't work with everybody. There's some folks that that's not working for. And rather than me burn through people, I should just try to find a way maybe to work with more people, right, and get, get a little better. And then you realize, and as you probably have, in year two and three of owning your own facility, just how much freaking work is is to be done that has absolutely nothing to do with weights and strength and speed and all that stuff. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've cleaned up, clean our bathrooms in our gym. 
right? And, and we have, we always have interns. We always have, you know, assistant coaches and the whole thing. You just do. It doesn't even, it doesn't matter how mature your business is, but in those first few years, man, you, you hit it right in the head. You're everything, right? You're the marketer. You're, you're the programmer. You're the janitor. You're, you're the front desk person. You're the billing guy. You're everybody. Yeah. Girl, in your case, you're everybody, right? And it just, and honestly, and, and I'm going to say something that a lot of, a lot of business coaches won't say out loud up front until you've signed up with them. It sucks. Okay. A lot of that stuff sucks. You don't want to do this. I don't want to clean bathrooms. Right. My buddy of mine used to say, this is the glamorous part of being a business owner. Give me, give me that toilet brush. Right. It's like, yeah. that was, that was his, his joke, but it's true, you know, and, and you, you just hit on it really, really well. And I think you encapsulated. So anybody listening who's a, who's a budding coach or a young business owner, rewind that, listen to it again, and then skip past this part with me. Uh, you can go forward a little bit and kind of have some fun. Um, you, you touched a little bit, Laura, on um, your faith and on God's plan for you. Um, obviously, the spiritual pillars are really important. I, I think it's a critical pillar um, because it feeds into all the other ones. And yeah. that emotional pillar, which is the one, again, when we're not talking about sets, reps, and meal prep, we are largely talking about emotion, right? We're talking about stress and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of coaches miss out on the value of nurturing that spiritual pillar for your clients. And I know that that's important to you. Um, and not only for your clients, but for yourself, would you mind just, just, just tell my audience a little bit about what that means for you, how that manifests itself and how you help your clients in that area. Okay. So, um, I got baptized two years ago, actually like last week was my two year anniversary as an adult. Um, I was baptized as a child, but, um, you know, I wanted to do this as like a step of faith and my faith became very public. Uh, someone took a really cool picture of that like moment in time and I put it on the internet and it was kind of that moment that my faith became public and I wasn't afraid to hide it. And so I don't push that on anyone. If you're not a Christian, if you have different beliefs, that's fine. But people are going to know very quickly that I am a Christian, um, that I, you know, that's what I believe in. And that kind of pushes me along as a person. Um, so I don't push it on my athletes, but I'm very, my Instagram page, it's all over that. Um, I kind of separated my personal and business life. So we don't, you're not going to see Jesus stuff on my business page, but if you follow me as a coach and I am my business, essentially, you're going to know, um, that that's the background of it. And, uh, I just said this to a parent, like a, I don't know, a month ago that love is a superpower, right? And so that is what Christianity is all about. So I'm going to love these athletes so hard that they're going to see Jesus through me, whether they kind of realize it or not. And that's just kind of how I operate. I don't push my faith on people. I invite everyone to church. I'm like an obsessive inviter. They get annoyed. Um, but I will say that I have been successful in getting like seven to eight people at my gym to come to my church, which is cool. That is um, cool. It's cool to mix that and sit there with them and be a part of um, that in their life as well. Um, and they do look to me for leadership there. Um, as well as in the gym. So it's just a different responsibility too. So you have to be ready to have that kind of um, responsibility, but I'm just open and transparent about my faith, which makes me vulnerable. Um, and you have to be okay with that. But um, that's the spiritual aspect of it. And, you know, if anyone asks me, I'm very quick to talk about it, but I don't push it on them. I just kind of lead by example. And I live my life trying to be, you know, the hands and the feet of Jesus here. Because for some people, I'm the Jesus, the only Jesus they're ever going to see. And, um, I just try to hold myself to that kind of responsibility. Very cool. Well, I just want you to know you, uh, you just named this episode love is a superpower. So yeah. I, I like that. that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I always look for that. I always try to find that one line I, Jeremy and I had such a rambling conversation last week that I couldn't find one 
line that kind of stuck out. I was like, just, okay, this, this is cool. That, that, that's fine too. Um, and I always love that when those nuggets kind of fall and yeah. people can walk away and say, wow, love is a superpower. Like, I get that. Right. And that, and that's, and that's a thing. Um, so, so you, you mentioned, um, people seeing Jesus through you. And I, and I think there's, you know, from a spiritual pillar related to our faith, because I'm, I'm a Christian as well. Um, I, I always fall back to the concept of preaching the gospel wherever you go and when necessary, use words. Right. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be in full transparency for all of my listeners and everybody that, that, that doesn't know me. I am the worst person when it comes to maintaining that concept. I fall down constantly. Okay. Um, I have a short temper. I'm critical. Um, I'm, I'm learning not to be judgmental. I'm working on that. I'm working very, very hard. Um, but I, I grew up in a, in a, in an educational and intellectual philosophy that said you learn by classifying right so that that's very that's traditional um critical thinking you you and, and i and i always say that i think i'm one of the last generations that grew up with a full-on education in critical thinking it's been less and less over the years but you you classify you connect things this is like that that's like that you kind of put things together as you need to right and then you then you go back later on and you break them down right so that concept, and, and we do that as coaches too, right? So you, you hit on an earlier squat's a squat, a deadlift's a deadlift, and all those variations have to be connected to things and, and put together, right? Do you find yourself, relative to what you said about your faith, right, and, and what you try to, the way you try to live, um, do you find yourself slipping, right, in the area of, of, let's say, loving them hard versus training them hard, right? Where, where does you know, where do those two things kind of bump heads? Has it ever been an issue for you? Maybe give us an example of what you love, what we're talking about. Um, so again, like when you're walking that faith and you're trying to be transparent, like I fail a lot. I don't, I'm not a yeller, but I'm like a, I'm disappointed kind of coach. And so um, I, but I do fall short when I get frustrated, you're going to know. Um, but I think being real is just as important as like being perfect. I would rather be a real human being. Um, if I'm very honest, when I started out, I focused on perfection. Like I want my kids to make sure they see me doing this. I need to be the best athlete. They need to know that I can squat this, deadlift this, hang in there with them in workouts. Um, and it very, it became very quickly apparent that that's not what's important. Um, you know, for me, these kids have watched me get broken to the point of wanting to quit, wanting to quit my job, wanting to quit on my life, like just give up. Um, but I stayed in the fight and I think that's more important than being perfect and having, you know, whether it's perfect methodologies with your training or always being happy or always being encouraging, like I will tough love my kids, but it's still love. They know if they've disappointed me, upset me. Um, I've had parents tell me that they use me as like, um, a driver to get what they want. Like, what would coach think? What would coach say if she saw you eating that? Or what would coach do if she knew what you did? So apparently I'm doing something right. But perfect is, is not an option with me. Like I've got, you know, my life is, is crazy. And it's, I mean, outside of the gym, like if you follow me on Instagram, my handle's Hurricane Hanzu for a reason because hurricane comes in, it messes stuff up and then it leaves. Like that's how I got it. Um, it's just, it's just kind of stuck now in my adult years. But like, um, I just try to let these kids know I'm not perfect. I don't expect you to be perfect. I expect you to give me hundred percent on any given day. And I realize as a human being that that looks different every single day. You may have a 300 pound deadlift in you today and tomorrow it's 200 and that's fine. 
you may have a shining attitude today and tomorrow you might be a jerk. And as long as we communicate, that's fine because I feel the same way that they do. They are tiny adults. I don't care if they're 12 or 22. Um, they're not full grown adults yet, but I treat them as such because somebody's got to get them ready for real life. And I want them to see real life through me, which is, in, which includes messing up, falling down, making mistakes. I am very, um, aware of that though. And I work really hard to apologize now, which has taken some humility and uh, practice on my part. I don't want to be the coach that yells and cuts my kids down and hurts their feelings and then doesn't acknowledge that what I did was wrong. You know? So I think that, um, is how I also communicate my faith as well. Like it's important to be humble and say, look, I messed up, which I actually had to do several times last year. Um, I made some bad like business decisions, did some partnerships I shouldn't have hurt my kids feelings and sitting them down, sitting down 20 guys and, and saying, look, I'm sorry, I messed up. I know I hurt your feelings. I know you're mad. Like was one of the hardest things I had to do. Um, but that's spirituality. That's humility. That's faith, like sure is. on the ground, you know? So yeah, that's being human, right? I mean, and truly being human. I mean, there's, there's people that are, that are human beings, uh, I think, and then there are people who are human. And I think there's, there's a subtle difference. We're all human beings. We all exist here in this, this plane, right? But, but we're not all being human. And, and, I, you know, and, and like I said, I am a Christian. I've studied a variety of other um, spiritual practices. And, and Taoism has always been fascinating to me because that's the yin and yang concept, right? And, and everybody thinks of yin and yang as black and white, you know, the order and chaos. But the reality of it is the reason that they created that symbol, and this ties right into what you're saying, the, you know, the, the white represents the order and the black represents the chaos. And just by extension, the white also represents the male or masculine and the black, the feminine, because femininity creates life. Men tend to order life. So they try to. So yeah, it's chaos. Exactly. And, and the crazy part is, in Taoism, the point is not to understand and choose one side or the other, but to walk that center line. Because on that center line is where being exists, okay? Um, that back and forth between chaos and order, that back and forth between light and dark and all those other things. And I think what you're, what you're describing for coaches, there's a lot of that in, that, in what you just said, right? The, the being strong and being firm and, and moving things forward for you and then being willing to recognize when what you did created a little emotional chaos over here and that and here's the important part rather than either ignore it or pretend you can't do anything about it you step out of yourself and say i need to do something i need to take a risk right it's an emotional risk for you and you hit it being in front of 20 guys okay for me being in front of 20 guys it's it's different i'm a guy yeah right? it's more and I don't want to say it's, it's not right necessarily, but it's more normal for them. It's what they expect. Okay. When you do it, you're taking a huge risk. Speaking emotionally, like when you have to step out of yourself and, and do something like that, what's that like for you emotionally? Well, the kids are always like, coach, are you going to cry today? Like when we, when we sit down in a group, coach, are you going to cry today? It's like a thing now after I've been working with the same hockey team for this is my fifth season. Um, I'm a crier, happy cry, sad cry, like it, in, when I'm stressed out. So um, I don't know. It's taken me a while, but I just kind of look at them like these are my kids too. You know, these parents allow me to be a, a part of these kids' lives. And for some of them, it's a big part. I see some of them more than I see my own family. And I just look at them as family. How would I talk to my mom? How would I talk to 
you know, my cousins, and I, I try to treat them as adults. They are, they are emotionally intelligent, whether they are 12 or 22, like I said, um, they'll grasp it. And we kind of create those bonds to start with. Uh, you come into my gym the first day, every, we get introduced to everyone. You're thrown in the mix right away. You put your hand on the wall when you become a member. Uh, we chant like one of us. And then you are one of us. And I just try to treat them as I would want to be treated. Uh, I had some really great coaches growing up. And I also had some really terrible ones. And so I try to be the coach that I wish I had. Um, and, you know, we kind of intertwine ourselves in each other's lives. They follow me on Instagram. I follow them. They know about my dog, my, my life, you know. So it's easier than just having, I think, that flat business relationship where you don't know anything about each other. That becomes difficult to have an emotional conversation. For me, this whole mind, body, spirit, emotions, um, physical stuff is all intertwined at once from the day you walk in the door. So it's not that hard. It's just me swallowing my pride sometimes, saying I was wrong or having a hard conversation. Um, it's, that's internal. But for everybody else, like we're a family. And so we can have hard conversations with each other. Just gotta be a little brave and suck it up for a while. But yeah, so I just treat them like my family. That's, uh, that, that really might've been the best answer I could have heard that question because it, it, it didn't deal with you. And that's, that's the crazy part. And this is, uh, and again, something else I heard from you when we were in Michigan together, a lot of discussion about your guys, your kids, a lot of discussion about the people you serve and a lot less discussion about yourself. And so many of us in the coaching industry, and, and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Um, we don't, we're comfortable being the center of attention because we feel confident in what we do. But when that becomes ego driven, Right. Then, then it starts to become a problem for the people we serve. And uh, when I listen to you speak, I can hear that ego has got a backseat for sure. Um, but you're strong and confident in what you believe and what matters, what you think matters the most. So I think that's pretty awesome. So young coaches, if you're listening, again, rewind that and listen again, because that's a chance for you to learn and get better um, and serve better. And that's something that I wish I wish I had this format when I was 20 years ago when I came into, into, the, into the business, the profession. We wrote everything out. Like their smartphones didn't exist yet. Um, the idea of, of computer tablets, the idea of this kind of stuff, you know, you wanted to call somebody, you picked up that clunky old house phone and just called them, you know, and it was, uh, so these kind of things just didn't happen. These kind of resources weren't out there. Um, and the education process has, has certainly accelerated because of it. Um, and I'm really, I'm really glad it has because people get to hear your story, your examples, um, your growth, the things that are going on for you and take away some things for, for themselves and maybe, you know, I think if one person steps outside themselves and takes a risk with, with a client or an athlete and makes that relationship better because of hearing you talk about it, I think we'll have made a difference in the world. And I think that's really, uh, you know, it definitely warms my heart for sure. There's no question about that. So, so what's, um, so we, we've kind of bounced back and forth among, among all four pillars here, but what's next for you? What's, um, what are your, what are your, what kind of, what are your goals? What are you hoping to have happen next? What's on the horizon? Yeah. So, um, we're going into probably what's going to end up being the hardest season of my life. Um, the kids that came in the doors when I opened my doors are now seniors. Hmm. So they're going back to school next week. I'm aware of what that means. Um, the hardest part I think about this kind of coaching is they're all going to leave eventually. Um, that's the one thing that nobody prepared me for is 
the emotional, like when you are involved like this, like we're speaking about that emotional, like heartbreak, because you invest time, you invest energy, love. There's, you know, like I said, I see some of them more than I see my own family. And then on end of season day, graduation day, going away to college day, that's usually it. Some of them come back, they filter in, but they're on with their life. Um, so I fully intend to be as involved as possible. I go to a lot of games, if not all of them, which when I started working with this team was shocking to the coach. I would show up at practice and they're like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I want to see my work in action. I want to see what they need to work on. And then I'd show up at every home game and people were like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, you have one child on the team. I have 20. I have a little more skin in the game and I want to be here. Like, um, so now it becomes hockey season is my life. That's like November through when we make it to the national tournament, March. And so um, there's that. <laughs> and then I am working with um, some volleyball players now, which I stepped into the realm of training women for the first time, like girls. Um, so <laughs> I've got some, you know, ladies events to go to. I try to go to as many sporting events for my athletes as possible. I do train adults, which, you know, we don't talk a lot about because the kid thing kind of dominates what I do. Um, but, you know, my adult classes we have in the morning and at night. We just finished a seven-week challenge over the summer, which was based on fitness metrics, not weight loss, because I think the, that weight loss thing gets very toxic and we become obsessed with the number that means virtually nothing. Um, so we're going to do another fall session of that. And, I mean, I kind of like what I'm doing. So my daily mode of operation isn't going anywhere dramatic anytime soon. Uh, I want to expand and start training some, um, like, club lacrosse teams. And I would love to be working with the local wrestling team, rugby. Uh, I've been working with some rugby players for the first time this year. Uh, they're a whole different beast. You thought hockey was crazy. Not Just wait, wait till you get some rugby kids. Um, but I'm not planning to go anywhere anytime soon. I would like to branch out into like getting back into public speaking. I used to do it a lot. I worked in corporate wellness for eight years and I, I spoke at conferences and other things. Um, and like I said, I've been kind of hidden away for three years, just nose the grindstone being everything for this facility. Um, and now we just branded the Relentless Athlete Training Academy. It's a really cool logo that's got a Spartan helmet on it. Um, it says, it's not over until I win. Like, uh, I want to take that's my, that's my kid, like my, you know, middle school through college athlete training. I want to kind of launch that into the next level um, in the next two years. But I love what I do. And I, I mean, day in and day out, it doesn't feel like a job most of the time. So I'm, I'm good with staying on the track that I'm on. It is, uh, it is clear that you love what you do. Just, uh, I, I stalk you on Instagram. So I see what, I see what you're doing. Um, and I always, I always, I always say that but I, the people I love, it's like, yeah, I'm stalking you. And they have been the, only the people that I actually really respect and who know me personally aren't creeped out by that, I think. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I follow your stuff on Instagram. I love what you're doing. Um, you and I do have to have a conversation about wall sits though. So we'll, we'll, uh, if you haven't seen my video on the insiders, uh, page on the IYC insiders page, you probably should go. Um, okay. <laughs> it's one of, it's, let's just, I'll, I'll leave it at this. I, I hate them. I, I never use them. I never have. Um, and I've trained hockey players for almost 19 years, 18 years now. Um, but I'd lay out the reasons why in the video and I'm, and it's very, very clear about why. And I also, right. I also tell people if you like them, use them. Just these are some things you need to understand about them because right. they're not, you know, I don't think they're doing what we think they're doing, but. Oh, no, I don't, I only literally use them for mental toughness. Like 
I don't use them in my programming. We do them, um, I don't know, a couple times a year for a test. How, who can sit here the longest? It's basically a competition. Yeah. I never, they're not in my like daily programming, but the pictures that I get of them are amazing. So you see them <laughs> on the internet. The you kids, just see the mean face. I don't remember when you posted it, but you had a, you had a, a picture of a kid. It looked like he's about 12. And yeah. the, look, the look on his face, man, you might as well have been pulling his molars with a pair of pliers. It was, it was, yeah. it was awesome. And that's what I, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about wall sets. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> they're not like part of my, my training methodology. They're literally like a, an aspect of the mental toughness game. Like, yeah. are you willing to withstand this to get a pat on the back and a high five because you were the last man standing? And they are, yeah. which is really cool. <laughs> so yeah, you and, you know, and you know what? That might be. You may, and I didn't really think about that when I did the video, but that might be the one use that I can see. Right. Because coming from you, you understand the programming aspects, right? Coming from that, and I'll, and I'll say this, that jackass coach, you know, hockey coach or, or a lacrosse coach somewhere who's walking on his kid's laps because he thinks it's funny, right? That guy should, first of all, he shouldn't be coaching anyway, but, but that, that aside, he should, know the, he should know the difference. But yeah, that, that's a good point. The old mental toughness thing might be one aspect, one reason right. to use them. Um, of course, I'm, I'm kind of weird because I also don't use burpees, um, which everybody uses. I just, I just, <laughs> no, thanks. I'm probably the most poorly executed exercise ever. But that aside, I, as, as I say in all of my podcasts, this is what I do. If you do something different, do what you do. Right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't change because of me. Um, but it's just, I, it was funny. I saw that the look on that kid's face was absolutely precious. It was classic. I, I just, I was trying to find a way to describe it. And it's just hard. But uh, anyway, yeah, well, anyway. Instagram page. So everyone needs to go to Ubuntu Athletics and look at the picture. His name is Charlie. Um, there's a more recent picture of a kid named Aiden. Aiden is 12. Charlie is 13. Um, they're in their first like six months of training. So to them, that's brutal. You know, my, my yeah. other boys, they can hold a 17 minute wall sit if I, if I make them. Now I don't do that. But like you, sometimes you just get a snapshot and I'm like, I have to put this on the internet. Like <laughs> <laughs> everyone has to see how miserable this kid is. <laughs> Yeah, he loves it. It's great. I That's swear. Funny. That's funny. So talk talk to me a little bit about your 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 training style. So you know, you you bring you bring kids into your gym. What can what can the brand new athlete expect at a, at Ubuntu or at RATA when it's open? Right. So um I follow a little mix of CrossFit, which oh god, everyone freak out now. Um that is kind of what gate put me in this direction in the first place. But I mix that kind of training methodology with your old school strength conditioning. So you walk in the door, we do a group warm up. Like everything is group atmosphere, team atmosphere, um, and it's dynamic warm up stuff. And then I used to do your traditional strength conditioning speed and agility first, hit the weights hard, end with core, and like a small workout or your sprint intervals or whatever. Um, and my kids got bored, and so did I, because no matter how many exercises you have in your arsenal if you maintain the same exact routine you can do it with their eyes closed um so i started switching it up and actually did stuff that we talked about at the iyca summit um where you pre-fatigue muscles and you do some tempo and then you do some explosive stuff and then you do the accessory and you do it all in order by rounds um and that blew my kids out of the water and honestly i'll probably stick with that forever because a they're never bored no one's standing around nobody's trying to pick up their cell phone um, and we're getting some pretty dramatic results talking 10, 20, 40 pound PRs when we retest. Um, and we're not pushing submaximal or we're not pushing maximal lift limits. It's submaximal, but that tempo destroys them. And so, um, 
right now we've been lifting, I don't know if you know what ratchet sets are, but we're lifting on a ratchet set program for the big lifts. So that's deadlift, squat, bench. Um, we do a volume power lift once a week. We do some vol volume like strict press shoulder work. And then we always have an aspect of core. I throw in five to 15 minutes of speed and agility depending on the day. And then we do a wad, which is your CrossFit piece. That's the workout of the day. Mm -hmm. At the end, um, for, for athletics, it doesn't need to be that long. So sometimes they're 60 second intervals. Sometimes it's seven minutes. Sometimes it's 12, but I'm not killing them because most athletes move in a 30 second window burst of speed or unless they're soccer kids or lacrosse, they don't need 40 minutes of running. Um, so we vary it. We go through cycles throughout the year. Summer is our heavy lifting cycle. We just crushed them today um, with squats, but you know, we do push, pull, um, body crawls, body weight stuff, some gymnastic stuff every day, speed and agility always. So they don't get bored. <laughs> and you know what? And I like that approach. I think, I think that you, you found the sweet spot for your athletes that number one, it's working, right? It's a measurable, you have measurables that, that right. are working. Um, you have ways to, to subjectively um, assess them as, as things are going, going along. Um, now I'm, I'm familiar with the concept of ratchet sets, but I'm sure some of my listeners are not. Why would you mind? Just explaining what they are, how you use them. Okay, so um, a ratchet set means that you, for us, we tested a three rep max. So we were going off of a percentage of a three rep max. And these are mature athletes. These are my, you know, seniors, juniors, sophomores that have been with me, um, you know, a year and a half or more. So we go off a percentage of their three rep max. And in week one, we were doing 10, 8, 6 at a low percentage. So we're talking 50, 55, 60. So in, like, for example, your first set of 10 is at 55%. Your second set of eight is at 60. Your third set of six is at 65. Then you ratchet up the weights for the next set. And your second set of 10 is at 60. Then eight is at 65. Six is at 70%. Uh, we do three sets always. Uh, that last set is the grinder. And then we have what we call a finisher at the end. So when those sets are low and they stay under 75%, we drop the weight down to 50%. We do as many reps as possible in 10 minutes. Um, they don't like that part. Everyone's a little gassed. Um, but we're trying to build hypertrophy and strength. So um, every week, the rep scheme has gone down, but the percentage has gone up. And now we're at 90% for two at the very end. Um, next week, don't tell them. I hope no one watches this before we get in here because they'll never show up. Um, next week, we're at 100% for two because it's a three rep max. And then theoretically, the next week, they should be able to hit a PR. If that makes sense, it, do, it does make sense, and I and, and I, I think you, you you just described it perfectly. It's the way I it's the way I understood them to work, um, and I, I don't I don't use them, but I do admire them. I think that, I think it's a, it's a it's a great system because it's progressive, it's measurable, and it allows us to regress if necessary and jump ahead when it's appropriate, right? Because right. some kids some kids respond to strength training very very well, and their numbers go up much faster than other kids, and that act that system there allows you to adjust that three rep max number that you're shooting for if somebody's just crushing all those yeah. ratchets right if that kid's just cruising through that those sets yeah you know what next week i'm giving you a bigger three rep max whether you like it or not right That's and a three rep max is safer than a one rep max you know in my good. opinion so yeah. we we don't we used to go off of a traditional five three one lifting program and a one rep max you know, so you do a set, a week of fives, a week of threes, a week of ones, and a deload week, and then you remax. So it was like a four to five week cycle. And we would do it all summer. 
Um, they've kind of outgrown that and they are willing to die to get a new one rep max. And I don't want that to happen. So a three rep max is a little grittier. It takes a little bit more um, mental strength and toughness. And I don't three rep max my young kids, but if they've got a training, you know, age of a year or more with me and I feel like they're ready, then we're good. Other than that, if I'm working with my middle school kids, we ratchet set, but we just go off feel and what they look like from my coaching eye. If they start to fall apart, you know, we're done. But uh, yeah, so that's what that's what we're doing now. But we cycle different strength programs always. So if people want to talk about that, that's like we can talk for hours. Yep. Well, I will give at, at, when we get all done. I'll give you a chance to give some contact info out if people want to reach out to you directly. I think that's always cool. that's always important. Um, so just. Really, like one more, one more big question, and then we'll hit the happy hour questions, and, and I'll let you get on with your life. Um, if you could give, if you, if you could speak to a to a group of freshly minted strength and conditioning coaches, trainers, whatever you want to call them, fitness, I call them fitness, strength, and performance pros because we're all crossing over those three areas. Yeah. Um, if you could speak to a a group of just, I mean, brand new, they haven't touched a client yet, they're just getting started. What one piece of advice would you give that group? Oh man, one. <laughs> just, just give me one. Um, I would say that they need to be aware that being successful in this business is 10 times harder than you plan it to be. Uh, you got to be ready to fight for what you want and um, to focus on what sets you apart as a coach. If you are extremely knowledgeable, then use that. If, for me, it's the love piece. Um, it's what makes you different and better because in the world we live in, there is a gym on every corner now and people will leave you quickly, um, have some tough, thick skin and know that it's not always about you. This will be 10 times harder than you plan it to be. So put your armor on and get ready to fight for it if you really want it. Um, and I don't think a lot of strength coaches, I didn't even know what wanting it meant until I was in year two of this business. Um, and so there's a book called the 10 X rule and that's what it speaks to. It's going to, everything that you plan will be 10 times harder than you originally think it to be. So if you are mentally prepared for that, you can handle the obstacles. Um, you know? Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's fantastic advice. And again, another spot in this, in this discussion where coaches should rewind that and listen to it again. Um, in fact, rewind it pull it out as a clip and just put it on your phone as, as a ringtone. So you, every time your <laughs> phone rings, you hear Laura giving you that piece of advice. I think it's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's absolutely true in a lot of ways um, across a lot of areas, right? Um, you got to be able to to fight for what you want. You got to be able to step up and, and be strong and be bold. You know, I mean, you've died, you've clearly done that. Um, and I think that's, that's a really, really great piece of advice. Um, so with that, and thank you for that. Um, yeah. With that, I have two bonus round questions for you. Um, you get, when I finish the question, the floor is all yours. You'll have 30 seconds to answer each one. Oh. <laughs> um, we'll see how things go. Okay. All the, right. the first one, I will give you a choice of which one you'd like to answer. Okay. Oh no. Um, so you can either answer the question, who is your favorite superhero and why, or who is your favorite Disney princess and why? And before you think that that's a sexist thing, guys get asked the same two questions as well, because you never know. So who's your favorite superhero and why, or Who's your favorite Disney princess and why? And go. Um, so I think Wolverine. Like, let's, let's consider him a superhero. In my mind, he is. Um, so I like Wolverine because he came from a checkered past. If you watched all the, like, movies like I have, um, 
he's got a wicked temper, but he's willing to like die for the people that he cares about. He's willing to put that temper in check until necessary and bring it out when he needs to, you know, do the work and uh, get his job done. But he's also kind of like the leader. They all look to him for guidance, advice on their life, on like being an X-Men or, you know, being their own superhero. And so I think it's really cool to watch that evolution of like this broken down, drunk, like lost person. And he kind of gets thrown into his, into his like superhero power. And now he could use it for evil, but he chooses to use it for good. And I think it's really cool. Very good. That's awesome. That's a great answer, actually. It's fantastic. Um, it's all the reasons that I think a lot of Wolverine fans appreciate Wolverine. Logan yes. is Logan is Logan. Wolverine is Wolverine. And somewhere in the middle is that, that messed up human being um, who's becoming, right? So it's pretty cool stuff. All right. Last question of the day. And then I'm going to let you uh, plug whatever you got going on and, and give out your contact info. And then we'll close this thing out. What one food can you absolutely not live without? And, and let me chocolate because you can put it in anything right so um like I, I eat it almost every day whether it's I have chocolate protein powder in my coffee like if you think it's gross just try it it's awesome I drink chocolate everything I have chocolate pudding I have pieces of chocolate stashed everywhere in my house um I don't know and scientifically like it's good for your brain it makes you happy so that yeah Chocolate does give you a dopamine response. There's no question about that. So that, uh, another awesome answer, by the way. And I, and I, I don't know, I don't know if it's the one food I can't live without, but I got to tell you, it's up there, man. There's no question about that. Other people uh, wouldn't live if I didn't have chocolate because I might like murder someone. I need well, it. In that case, it is the single most important food on the planet. Um, <laughs> because I don't want to see you go to jail uh, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Laura. Um, Anything, you, anything you've got going on at the gym if, that you want to promote right now, um, and then just let folks know how they can reach out to you, where they can find you on social media, website, all that good stuff, all yours, go. Okay, so um, you can find me at ubuntuathletics.com. I'm going to be honest with you, the website isn't like my main traffic, so you can follow the Facebook page. You'll get posts every day of our athletes doing stuff. That's where updates are put. Um, Instagram is where I'm very active, and that's ubuntu underscore athletics. That's the business page. Um, my handle is hurricane underscore Hanzu. That's my personal page. Um, I don't let just anyone in there. So we got to make sure that you're not crazy. Um, but I got, uh, I got in folks and I'm crazy. Yeah, you're, it, you're good. <laughs> um, you can also email me. It's coach.hanzu at gmail.com. You can call me. Uh, my cell phone is on the website, but it's 330-730-7388. I love contacting, uh, connecting with other coaches, kind of bouncing ideas around. You, you don't know what you don't know. So I think it's helpful to talk to others about what works for them. Um, your programming, Phil, literally changed the game at the gym. They might hate you for it, but I'll take the credit for that from my kids. But um, yeah, at the gym, I'm still looking to add teams. So if any, someone sees this, this resonates. They have a soccer team, a lacrosse team, a baseball team. Um, part of Ubuntu Athletics tag is we're stronger together. And I believe that training as a team, as a unit, changes lives. It changes the dynamic of the team. So I'm always looking to add teams as a whole, but if you're an athlete and you're lost, you're between sports, you didn't play where you thought you needed to play. You didn't get the results you wanted. Um, I love working with those kids because part of it is the mental game. And if we can change that, usually they, they have the hustle. Um, when we put the heart aspect into it, they become unstoppable. So, um, we're rolling into fall classes. So, we can come, you can come and join any of my kids at any time. My gym is not, we're not like exclusive. You can come at any time, any day, 
and you will, we will get you into the class immediately. You don't have to jump through hoops. Um, I don't have contracts. I believe that you need to want to stay here, not be signing a piece of paper that makes you stay here. So I'm a little different in my operation, but it's worked so far. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> very good, very good. So uh, I, I just want to say thank you to you, Laura. I know how ridiculously busy you are. Um, and this has been an absolute blessing for me today. Um, I, I had a feeling when I reached out to you that this was going to be a really great interview. Um, and you absolutely came through. Um, I, I've just made, I, I tend to make a couple of like two word notes for things that I'm going to bullet point when I, when I put the, the episode up and, and I have, uh, I have six on the front of the paper and three on the back. And now I have to try to pick five and put them up there. So, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Really cool stuff. Um, with me today, guys, Coach, Coach Laura Hanzu of Ubuntu Athletics. And um, if, you, if you don't reach out to her, you got to be crazy. She's really cool. Um, and she's got a lot of amazing things uh, to say and, and to offer. Um, and I want to thank her again for being on the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast today. Um, I'm Coach Phil Houston. You can reach me on Instagram at Coach Phil Houston, all one word. Um, CoachPhilHouston.com is the website. Don't forget EFPS in September. Um, Activate coming in October. More stuff on that very shortly. And uh, Coach Phil Houston, gmail.com for questions, complaints. Actually, if you have complaints, send them to Laura. If you have questions, send them to me. Uh, <laughs> and again, thank, thank you, Laura. And this has been the Four Pillar Podcast, and we're out. Thank you.